Hi everyone, this is Jill Flaxington from the Road to Health podcast. We're back again with a special remotely recorded episode, and we are again back with our outstanding behavioral health team at Blue Cross, joining us to talk about another really important topic during the pandemic. So we've already talked in an earlier episode about how serious health issues don't just go away during a pandemic, they can get even more difficult to manage. Nowhere is that more acutely felt than with the senior population. They are more vulnerable to the complications of COVID-19 than anyone else. And yet the cost of protecting themselves by isolating away from everyone can take an immense toll on their health. So today we'd like to discuss what some of the toughest issues are for seniors during the pandemic and what caregivers and loved ones can do to help. Joining me now are Rena Sheehan, our Managing Director of Clinical Integration at Blue Cross, Sarah Flurry, Manager of Behavioral Health at Blue Cross, Rosalie Cuevas, Behavioral Health Program Manager at Blue Cross, and Dr. Reka Rao, a Medical Director from Beacon Health Options. Welcome to the podcast, everyone. Thank you. Thank you. Hi, thanks. So I'm going to step out of the way so that you can all you all can discuss, but I will kick things off for you guys with a question. So Dr. Rao, you are a geriatric psychiatrist, and I'm not sure that a lot of people might know what that specialty actually is. So could you share a little bit about the type of work you do and what are some of the most common health issues that you see in your patient population? Sure. So um, so geriatric psychiatry is a subspecialty of psychiatry um, focusing on individuals over the age of 60 usually. And some of the characteristics of geriatric psychiatry are that there are often more medical issues involved, complicating the psychiatric issues. And also, it's very important to be working with the family in this population. So, um, and geriatric psychiatry encompasses outpatient treatment, working at nursing homes, and inpatient units at hospitals. Um, some of the common things seen in the outpatient setting are depression and anxiety. Memory problems can also be an issue. Individuals coming in worried about whether the memory problems they're having are an indication of something more serious or just regular memory problems. But I would say by far depression and anxiety are the most common things. Is there anything in particular about an older population that might make them more vulnerable or at risk for things like depression and anxiety? Yes, they tend to be more isolated. Um, Many of them aren't able to drive. So they're already isolated and family members may not be local. Um, Some family members may not stay in touch regularly. So they're really dependent on local socialization to have connections with other people. So in this, what's going on right now, it's definitely puts them at risk for increased depression and anxiety, being so isolated and not having some of the supports that they might have. What do you think are some of the things that um, someone who might be older and is, you know, really struggling with the social isolation, what are some things that they or their family members can do to help them during this time? I think it's really important to stay in touch. So whether that's phone calls or even texting, um, stay in touch, check in on them, make sure they know that they're being remembered and thought about so that they're feeling less isolated. And for family members who are local, it would be okay to go and just visit from the outside, wave through a window, just to to show them that you're there, see if they're able to get what they need. 
it would be great if they didn't have to go to the grocery store to get groceries. So if there's someone available to bring groceries to them, that would be wonderful. Um, Someone who could help them possibly set up doctor's appointments by telehealth, things like that. Just that additional support for some of the things they're probably not used to doing. That's great. It must be difficult too with uh, people who rely on the senior centers and different activities because they are, you know, accustomed to having a routine where they get up, they get dressed, and they know they're going to senior services for the day, or they have an outing at their building. And so, with everybody staying inside, um, what are some resources that might be available for people who know they have to stay in but really are wanting some of that connection? That's a really good point because. Um, I mean, I think one of the stressful things um, and the isolating things in this age group is the fact that there is really a lack of daily structure. And so even if they're once a week, activities play a huge role in providing a little bit of structure and at least a little bit of socialization. As far as resources, the most available is just the phone. You know, they should call family members. Family members can call them. They can call friends. And just to make sure they really take advantage of that modality, because that's really what's available at this time. Email is also great. I have patients who rely on email, Facebook, but everyone might not feel comfortable with that. It also seems important for people to stay active as much as possible. So, you know, trying to get out and go for a walk now that the weather is a little bit nicer and making sure you have your mask on you when you go. Or, you know, we do have some Facebook Live classes here if people's um, doctors have told them that it's okay for them to engage in some form of exercise. And then we've, we're really fortunate in Rhode Island because we the Office of Healthy Aging launched um, what's called Project Hello which is um, an initiative where people can sign up to get calls from volunteers who reach out on a regular basis just to say hello, see how folks are doing. But Project Hello's phone number is 462-4444. When, at what point would you think that this sense of social isolation might develop into some sort of depression and someone should seek help from their doctor? Like at what point would someone or their caregiver say, gee, I think this is just a little bit more than being lonely? I think when they're not reaching out or they're not answering their phone, they just don't have the motivation or the energy to to interact in any way. I think that is concerning. If they're staying in bed all day and really not doing anything, we want to also make sure that they're eating basic things like that. If there's any concern that they're not eating enough, that they're not getting out of bed on a regular basis, those are very concerning signs. And they probably, a family member or a caregiver would be the best person to kind of intervene and help them set up an appointment with their doctor. And Dr. Rao, um, kind of going off of that, if a family member identifies that you know, their loved one is struggling with depression, what are some resources that Beacon can provide virtually to kind of help cope with that and find the adequate treatment? One of the resources that has really become useful um, during this crisis is telehealth so that seniors can still talk to a therapist, see a psychiatric prescriber without having to leave their home. 
they can, they can, even if they've never seen a behavioral health provider before, they can go on to telehealth and see someone as a new patient. That's, that's available. Also, just phone calls with a provider, those are now being covered by Medicare as, as remote medicine so that even if they're not comfortable with a computer and the video side of that, they are able to just have an appointment with a doctor on the phone. So I think being able to help members navigate that and connect that way with behavioral health providers is something that's very important during this time. What would you say to someone who, um, you know, if their loved one said to them, you know, I think you might be getting a little bit depressed and they sort of react like depressed, never, not me, or with who might be struggling with some of the stigma associated with that. What would you, any advice for them or their family members? A good way to approach that would be to acknowledge that everyone is stressed during this time. It's caused a lot of changes in everyone's life. And it would be helpful to talk to someone just for support. And so that might open the door for them to um, to start seeing a therapist without calling it an illness, without calling it treatment. Just would it be great to have someone that you can talk to about all of this for support and someone who's not in your family or so closely involved in your life who can provide a more objective viewpoint to provide support. So Dr. Rao, could you um, talk a little more? I know we spoke about the importance of a routine and um, staying active, but maybe we could talk a little bit more specifically about some of those things. Um, what are some things that seniors can do to stay active? And what does you know eating well really look like for a senior? What are some things that they should be thinking about as they go through their day and their routine? So... One thing that's um, very important is to keep a sense of structure even during this time, even if they're not actually going out. So to get up every day, get dressed every day, keep that routine going. Eating well is extremely important for energy level, for mood, and it is something that seniors might neglect simply because they, they are alone, and there isn't the structure of mealtime. So it's very important, first of all, that they have healthy food available to them. So we want to make sure that they're able to get groceries or they're able to get meals delivered and that that's not something that's falling by the wayside during this time. I would encourage them to eat throughout the day. So that would be eating three meals, and if possible, eating snacks between meals. High-protein snacks are important so that their energy can be sustained through the day. So something like having peanut butter and crackers available or yogurt if they like that. Things like that that are going to provide a good, steady energy source through the day. And of course, staying hydrated is very important as well. Without adequate hydration, they could experience things like dizziness, lightheadedness, which doesn't feel good, but also could lead to their just feeling better staying in bed or just feeling better not doing anything. So it's, it's very important to maybe keep a glass of water handy throughout the day and sip on that constantly. Getting outside, getting some physical activity is also very important for mood and to get some fresh air, change of scenery, get some sunshine. 
that's one thing that this crisis is happening, at least during a time when the weather is getting nicer. So it is more of an option for seniors to go outside and not have to worry about slipping on the ice or anything like that. So even if it means just going outside and sitting outside their building or outside their home, that's so important just to get that outside time. And if it's possible, it would be great if they could go for a short walk. It could be just around their building, around their yard. Any little amount of activity is going to matter, is going to make a difference. I think one other important thing to remember, not necessarily for someone who is older, but for people who know them or who are uh, and love them, make sure that you don't make any assumptions, you know, just because people, you know, in the past have been fine, or, you know, oh, they typically are fine then, but really take the time to reach out on a regular basis. Um, because this is, these are challenging, new and interesting times for all of us. So really, make the extra effort, even if you think someone's fine, give them a call on a regular basis, just to check in and, you know, say hello, make sure they're okay. That's a great point. And I think it's important to recognize that right now seniors are really feeling the stress of this. They're at the age group that's most at risk from very serious consequences um, from COVID-19. And that is very stressful. Many of us who might be younger know we're doing this to help other people, but they're worried about themselves, their own health, their own survival, actually. And that's a huge stress to think that I can't go outside or I'm putting my health in serious jeopardy. So that definitely requires extra support from family, from caregivers, to really acknowledge that and address that and help them feel secure and that they are okay if they're at home. One way that Beacon is available to help is that if someone is not connected with a provider or doesn't know how to go about connecting through telehealth or just remotely, Beacon is available to facilitate that, to provide referrals to telehealth providers. We have made sure to identify providers that are able to take new patients, that are able to handle this additional volume. So absolutely, Beacon can be a resource to connect people with, with that support and treatment. So we're going to wrap this episode up now. I thank you, Rena, Sarah, and Rosalie from our behavioral health team at Blue Cross and a very special thank you to Dr. Reka Rao from Beacon Health Options for joining us. It was a great conversation. I think it's given us a lot of, of really good information about how to better take care of the seniors that, that we know and love. And a special thank you, as always, to our sound engineer, Mark Sheldon, who makes this all possible during a pandemic. So thank you, everyone, and have a great day.